Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, everyone. On today's episode, we hear the birth story of first-time mum, Madeline. Having no concept of the types of care available to her, she entered the system and quickly felt overwhelmed and stressed by certain experiences. After completing a hypnobirthing course with her husband, they felt armed with knowledge walking into a midwife appointment at the hospital to discuss their birth preferences. Feeling shut down and unheard leaving that appointment, Madeline knew a change in her care was essential for her to manifest the birth she desired. The stars aligned as she booked a private midwife late in her pregnancy to birth her daughter at home. Enjoy this beautiful story, guys. Hi, Madeline. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Do you want to just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so I live uh, in the southwest of WA uh, on a farm down here and I live with my um, husband, Tom, and then our daughter, Ella, who is oh, nearly four and a half months now. Mm, beautiful. And did you guys plan your pregnancy with her? Yes. Yeah, we did. Um, we got married in February last year. Uh, just before all the COVID craziness hit Mm -hmm. and um, I guess we planned to do a bit of a honeymoon and a holiday um, which didn't happen so um, we thought may as well start trying to have a baby so (laughs) because we weren't really sure how long it was going to take but yeah we were very lucky I suppose it took about um, three months I suppose from when we started trying um, so it was about, yeah, middle of July-ish, I think we fell pregnant. Yeah. Amazing. And how was your pregnancy with her? Uh, it was, I mean, it was fine, I suppose, in some, I guess, stressful. <laughs> like the system I was sort of in at the start, um, like a few different pressures from that. But in terms of my pregnancy, the symptoms and everything, um, they were fine. Like I was tired at the start I suppose um and like a little bit queasy but um yeah nothing nothing too major so, yeah yeah and what model of care did you end up choosing yeah I started I guess I didn't really know but there was different options at the start 
Um, yeah, when I fell pregnant, I just went to the doctors, had the, you know, the extra test to make sure that, yes, you're definitely pregnant. Um, and they just, yeah, said this is, I didn't have private health insurance. So it was the, um, like the shared care with the GP and the local. Um, so I just, yeah, just went with the flow and that was kind of my choice. Um, so yeah, started, started with that. Yeah. And did you have anyone around you that had given birth that you could kind of look to for advice or guidance? Um, yeah, I'd had, I guess, um, men that I'd known of were um, not great experiences, I suppose, like a lot of intervention. And I kind of thought that was the norm, you know, <laughs> getting, yeah. Um, yeah, all sorts of interventions. So I just kind of thought that was going to be my story as well. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you ended up changing your care during your pregnancy. How far along were you when you decided to change and what was the motivation behind that? Um, it was pretty late on, I suppose, in terms of changing. Um, I think I was about 32, 33 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess at my, at my 12 week scan, um, everything was fine. The scan went really well. And then the next day I got a call from the, um, the ultrasound clinic saying I had to come back in and do a, um, like an internal or vaginal, um, ultrasound and they didn't sort of tell me why and I was sort of stressing massively thinking what on earth is going on and they didn't tell me what it was for they just did it and then I had to wait sort of another week until I got to see the doctor again and turns out I just had like a borderline measurement in terms of my um, placenta covering my cervix Um, and when they did the internal one it was totally fine like well clear it was just a funny measurement that they taken and that was kind of the start of things cause sort of, I guess, not much communication between myself and the doctors. Um, and then it sort of continued on at my 20-week scan. Same thing, that was fine. And then a week later, I had my doctor's appointment and it all went well. And the people I went through, it's like an app and you get the report after you see the doctor from the ultrasound and you can see like all the measurements and everything. Yeah. And in that, they said um, there was abnormality with her cranium. It was a funny shape. And I, of course, Googled it straight away to see what was this was what it was about. And, um, yeah, all kinds of horrible things came up, like spina bifida and, yeah, really just horrid things. Yeah. And the doctor hadn't said anything to me about this. So I was sort of like, what is going on? Like, is this real or... I tried to get in touch with them and they were away and it took another couple of days until I could actually get a hold of them and see what was going on. And it turns out that they just missed that in the report. They hadn't seen that crucial little bit of um, information. So then they recommended um, another scan at 26 weeks to check that it was fine, that the brain was still developing and the cranium shape was all good. So I went back in scan at 26 weeks and I was just those couple of weeks were really stressful I was just like constantly googling stuff to be like what is this yeah. what's going on um and yeah 26 week scan it was fine the brain everything was normal developing as is but then because I had an extra scan it then started showing up that she was measuring um small um so then I was kind of I guess on a bit of a watch and they wanted me to get another scan at 32 weeks um, and at this point, I think um, we started the um, like positive birth or hypnobirthing um, course. Yeah. 
which is run. Um, we did that via Zoom through one of the other hospitals down here. And that sort of, I guess, opened our eyes to, you know, you do have a say in this pregnancy and you can actually opinion yourselves. Quite reassuring. Um, and we... Um, what happened? We went to, um, oh, we started doing our hospital visits as well with the midwives there. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, they do the fundal height measurement. Um, and they were measuring different to my doctor. And they kept measuring different. And I think it was about three weeks of measurements that my doctor kept measuring the same measurement, about four weeks behind. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it can't be the case because I know she's growing, like the kicks are getting stronger. I've had to buy like two different sizes of pants because I don't fit mm-hmm. in anything anymore. So I knew in myself that she was growing. There wasn't, I didn't think there was an issue with that. Um, so we had an appointment at 32 weeks when I was also supposed to get that next scan with my doctor and she'd invited my husband to come in and we were going to talk through um, sort of like a birth plan and what we were expecting kind of thing. And, yeah, Tom and I, we sort of went in sort of armed with a bit of our hypnobirthing stuff thinking, you know, we can say, you know, we can stand up for ourselves and we'll say, no, we don't think another scan is necessary. And I guess we just kind of got shut down. It was sort of like, no, you have to have this scan. Um, And she sort of laid out the birth for us. And we were kind of like, oh, like we don't really, it just sounds so sort of regimented and that's how it's going to happen. And it wasn't really how we envisaged it. Um, And we thought we can't stand up for ourselves in this situation. There's no chance we're going to be able to do it in a hospital setting when there's even more pressure from midwives and different doctors and didn't sound like the path we wanted to go down. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it was, yeah, that afternoon um, we sort of talked a bit about home birth. I think I was probably more scared um, my husband, he was definitely on board. Um, he's a farmer, so he's much more sort of used to all that, um, I don't know, delivering. He delivers lambs and all that kind of thing with the sheep. So oh, yeah. he's more sort of used to that where I was a bit like, oh, I don't know if I can deal with just being at home and all the blood and everything. But anyway, so we sort of looked at that um, option. And, yeah, that afternoon – Driving home, I think I was in tears and we decided to call. Um, We're really lucky down here. There's actually two private midwives. Um, And, yeah, we called one of them and, amazingly, she was available um, in early April, which is when Ella was due. And later I found out that's incredibly rare that she has any availability that late. I think it was maybe February that we called her. Yeah. Um, she usually, I think people book her basically as soon as they find out they're pregnant, she's, she's fully booked. So it was sort of like a sign it was meant to be. Um, and I think she came out a week later and we spent, um, nearly two and a half hours at our house, um, just going through sort of all the home birth, all the options, um, like what it entails. And she checked, um, all my measurements and baby's, um, heart rate and, yeah, she said it was all looking really good and I just instantly just stopped stressing and sort of from then on um, under her care, it was just, yeah, a really fantastic experience from then on in. Aww. Yeah. What a difference, hey? <laughs> yeah. Did you get any pushback from the doctors when you let them know that you were changing? Uh, yeah, that's what I was worried about and I guess I was pretty nervous about having to go back in and tell them. Yeah. Um, but my midwife... 
she was amazing and I think she had done it a few times with other clients and she actually contacted them for me oh, amazing. Um, and said um, that I want to go under her care and basically ask for permission because you still have to be signed through a GP yeah. and booked in with a local hospital um, over here. I don't know if that's the same anywhere else, but you still have to have a bit of contact with them. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they were fine. They said, that's fine, sent through all my details over and from then on in I was, yeah, under the private midwife's care. So, yeah, yeah. And how far along were you when you ended up going into labour? Do you want to take us to that moment? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess I sort of thought I was going to go a bit earlier because she was so, um, I guess, fully engaged um, mm-hmm. quite early on and, um yeah, I thought it was going to be a lot sooner, but we went, I guess, went into labour on 41 plus one Yeah, um, was when it all started to happen. Yeah, um, it was on the Sunday morning. Um, I woke up at about 5am with just um, like slow leaking of my waters. Um, yeah, so I sort of got up and was like, yeah, that's definitely, definitely waters. That's <laughs> not anything else. Um, just pretty minimal. Um, and yeah, that was the first sign. I just, I think I went back to bed cause it was obviously pretty, nothing's really major to report. Yeah. Um, and then I messaged our midwife, um, I think about nine o'clock that morning at a reasonable hour on a Sunday to let her know that, that, that had started. Um, and yeah, we just sort of kept tabs on, um, that for the rest of the day with her. Um, so I guess during that day we didn't, I didn't really get too many symptoms and I was a bit worried because I guess everything you read is that if your waters break first, you're on a bit of a bit of a timer, I suppose, mm-hmm. in terms of things progressing. Um, so I did have that in the back of my mind, but at the same time, we just tried to get on with the day as normal, um, went for a couple of walks, um, just took it pretty easy. I had a sort of mild, I guess, more like period style cramping in the afternoon yeah um and then it was actually going to be a really bad storm that night big big front coming through and I was really worried about losing power out here because we had the the birth pool and uh, electric hot water system so I really didn't want to run out of hot water um so we had to sort of set up a generator and go get some fuel just in case and we decided to drive uh into town which was about 20 minutes away and my waters really started to break then. That was about four o'clock in the afternoon. I got my husband to race in, get some food supplies and um, get the fuel and race back home. And I guess, I don't know, a lot of things I read is, you know, first time mum, it does take a while. You could be sort of in labour for a long time sometimes. So I just tried to get a go around things as normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to cook dinner. I thought I'll cook a big meal in case <laughs> this is it. And then we've got leftovers. So... I cooked a big, uh, like a shepherd's pie, and I think by the end of that, I was like having to stop and sort of breathe through. I guess they were the side of the contractions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it got more and more intense. We sat down and had dinner. I tried to watch a bit of Netflix. I think I lasted about fifteen minutes mm-hmm. and had to go do a massive vomit. And I think from then on in, um, it was just it was on. Um, hopped in the shower. And we were sort of texting with the midwife this whole time, just letting her know what was going on. And she'd kind of said, you know, when your contractions, I think it was like three in 10 minutes or something and lasting like over 45 seconds. 
um, to let her know. And she was about, yeah, 20 minutes away, um, so not far to get here. Um, so, yeah, I was in the shower for quite a long time and my husband started timing the contractions and, um, yeah, they got, I guess, more and more intense and we were kind of like, yeah, I think she should come out now. Like I didn't, I guess I didn't realise how quickly it was going to happen. I sort of thought it might sort of stagnate, but it just just got more and more intense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was in the shower and then I think the midwife, Sam, she came out at about um, 10 p.m. she got here. I think by that point I was out of the shower, uh, sort of leaning over onto a fit ball, like pushing into the fit ball every contraction. Um, you know, we had the room was really dimly lit, had the nice music going, like it was a really nice sort of atmosphere, um, very, very relaxing. And I think I was really starting to get focused by that point. Like I wasn't really aware of what was going on around me. Um yeah, so I think I laboured there for a while and then it's probably about maybe towards midnight, um, Sam suggested that we get the pool filled up so I could hop into that um, and, yeah, got that all sorted and that was amazing, stepping into that pool. It was just the best feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so good. And I think they kind of hold you back from jumping in there too soon because yeah. I think it's just such a good step um yeah getting in there yeah were your contractions really intense at that point yeah they were getting very yeah very intense and I kind of thought you know with the hypnobirthing you get all the breathing stuff and that just went out the window for me I was so loud and I think I had a like a flannel that I was basically biting into for each contraction because it was just so intense and my husband I had him basically pushing on my like my tailbone I suppose for every contraction I don't know I, we hadn't talked about it at all but when I got to that point I was like I just need you to press there for each yeah. contraction and I couldn't basically couldn't let him go I think he tried to go to the toilet at one stage and my contraction started I was just screaming at him <laughs> to get back to start pushing on my tailbone um yes yeah, so I was in the pool maybe for about an hour and a half and I think it did sort of it didn't ramp up as much um so then Sam suggested I hop out of the pool for a bit, um, just sort of, you know, move around a bit. I uh, went to the, tried to like sit on the toilet for a bit and had another massive vomit. Um, and then Sam, she suggested we would just do a quick um, vaginal examination because that was, I think by this point, she maybe thought that it was going to be going a bit quicker and she just wanted to check, I guess, for ease of mind that it was... Um, it was still progressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did that. I just lay down the bed and I was fully dilated by that point. So sort of ready to go was what she thought. Um, and I think because I was standing up then and that's when it really started to hit, I kind of felt like the baby was already half out. It was just so low in between my legs. I, yeah, it was quite intense. Um, so then we walked, tried to walk back to the pool, which took a while. And yeah, finally hopped back into the pool same thing again it was yeah beautiful just such relief again um and then yeah the pushing the pushing started um and yeah I'm not sure how long the pushing went for by this point it was all very very intense sort of in the zone just really really focused um I think at one point Sam bought me a teaspoon of honey as a bit of, um, I don't know, a bit of energy. And that was oh, honestly yeah. the most amazing thing. It just kept me going, I think. 
Because <laughs> at this idea. point, but yeah, it was so. She just got went into our cupboard, found the honey, and came back out with this teaspoon. I was like, "Oh, you're amazing! <laughs> it was so good." Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah. By this point, I guess my legs were pretty had it. Like I was really sort of getting quite fatigued. Um, and yeah, the pushing started. Um, yeah, that pressure. I guess wasn't as full on as I was expecting. I think, I don't know, because you're working towards something. I just thought, you know, the end result is just going to be so worth it. So just, um, yeah, super focused. Um, and then, yeah, the head came out and the, the pressure for that just, I pretty much jumped out of the pool and Sam, my midwife, just had to push me back under the water. Oh, um, because is that because it hurt or I think I was just such a shock that I just sort of jumped up and yeah, okay. I guess once the baby's out of the water they can start breathing um so she sort of made sure I stayed in the water I don't, she the head I didn't come out of the water completely but she sort of made sure that I didn't get up any <laughs> further um and then I had one more contraction and it was kind of weird the contraction was it just wasn't that strong like I didn't feel like I could really give a good push um so I just pushed like gently I suppose and then the next contraction was really strong and that's when I like really pushed and yes she came out um in that push and she'd actually been born with her hand up against her head which is um what Sam thought may have been taking a bit longer for her to sort of make her way down um and yeah Sam pushed her sort of in underneath my legs and I pulled her up in front of me my husband was yeah in front of me while I was leaning over the pool mm. um yeah I picked her up and I just couldn't believe it I just thought I couldn't believe how big she was her feet and her hands they were massive it's like <laughs> how is she inside of me she's so big I just couldn't believe I mean she was average like normal size but I just kept thinking in my head like oh it's gonna be a small baby like that's what they told me from the start yeah she was perfect size. Um, yeah, she was just normal. She was uh, 3.55 or 7 pounds 13. Yeah, yeah, pulled her up into my chest. But the umbilical cord was quite short, which was bizarre. I never really heard much about that. So I couldn't really pull her right up to my chest. I sort of had to keep her quite low down. And every time she moved, she was trying to push up against, like push her feet off against my belly and it was tugging and it was, yeah, quite uncomfortable. So I just had to sort of sit there and, we didn't know what we were having, so we just had to sit and wait until I could really pull her away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we just sort of, um, yeah, sat in the pool just staring at her. I think I was just going like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had we have a second midwife that comes for the birth. Mm-hmm. So she pretty much came just, just as the birth happened and then she helps with the placenta delivery and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so we were just in the pool for a while and then obviously, yeah, clamped and um, cut the cord after a while, maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes or something. And then, um, yeah, my husband took Ella and then um, they helped, midwives helped me get out of the pool. And um, I don't know, I was really worried about birthing my placenta for some reason. I had this kind of fear of it because you hear so many, so many horror stories and, um yeah, it was actually, it was fine. It took maybe half an hour from the birth and, yeah, just stood up and when I felt the need to push, pushed and it and it came out. Um, and I think probably later on the midwives actually went through the placenta with us, um, okay. 
which I thought was amazing. I would highly mm. recommend that to anyone who gets a chance to do that. Yeah, cool. It's pretty incredible to see see all the ins and outs of that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. did you do anything special with your placenta? Uh, not yet. It's, it's still in the freezer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we probably will plant it under a tree okay. um, when we get a chance. But, yeah, that's the plan at the moment. Yeah. yeah. So once you were able to sort of sit and reflect on your birth, how did it make you feel? Um, I think I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, I was really determined to have a natural home birth, mm-hmm. but I I guess I'm not the kind of person, I'm quite squeamish with that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and I just, I didn't know how I'd go, but it's amazing what the uh, the human body, I suppose, is capable of and yeah. how everything works, and yeah, I just felt I just felt amazing, I suppose, empowered and just, yeah, yeah it was just such a couldn't believe it kind mm. of feeling, I suppose. Yeah. So incredible. And if you go back for baby number two, is there anything you would do differently second time around? Um, I suppose I'll be booking Sam straight away yeah. as soon as I find out I'm pregnant. <laughs> that'll be that'll be the thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better birth. I suppose. Um, And it was just, you know, my husband and the midwife. It was quite just, yeah, just such a nice experience. So Mm. I think I'd definitely like that again, but just start that continuity of care from the the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful. So what key piece of advice would you give to any expectant mothers out there? Um, I would say if you get the chance to do your research before you fall pregnant in terms of, um, what models of care in your area? I guess I had I had no idea. I just did what everyone else was doing. Um, but turns out, yeah, there is definitely different um, different models of care out there and different options. And I sort of yeah, I wish I'd known more at that beginning. Mm. And then I think yeah, to do your research, I just yeah, it's incredible what the body is capable of when. You know, there's, I guess I was lucky there was no complications or anything. There was no need for any intervention. Yeah. Um, but if you let it let it happen naturally, it's um, pretty amazing. Yeah. So I guess trust your body as well. Trust those instincts. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Were there any books that you read leading up or was it just the hypnobirthing course? Yeah, I read um, both of Rhea Dempsey's books. Um, awesome. So uh, was it Beyond the Birth Plan and... Birth with confidence. Yeah, birth with confidence, yeah. So I found birth with confidence. That was incredible. Mm. I think she gives a really uh, realistic um, idea of, you know, it, it will be painful, but the pain is it's doable and it's it's worth it. And, yeah, yeah just all her statistics and everything, it really made me believe that I'd made the right decision. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on today, Madeline, and sharing your beautiful story with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's great. (laughs) That brings us to the end of the show, guys. I really love how Madeline took back the power of her birth and switched care without a single hesitation. It's a fantastic reminder that we are the ones steering the ship. And if at any point you do not feel comfortable with your choice, you have every right to change it at any stage. So listen to your gut always. She knows what's up. Let me know what you think of today's episode over on the PBA Instagram. And I'll see you guys next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia. Bye.